0: i'm robbie mcdonald
1: and i'm jordan lane
0: we're two writers who've been friends for 15 years recently we both discovered we have the shared experience of figuring out we have adhd in midlife
1: holy shit i have adhd is a platform for adults discovering their neurodivergence as well as a way to spread awareness of adhd
0: this is a podcast about adhd hosted by two people with adhd
1: while each episode has a general theme our meandering trains of thought mean we often cover several other themes in the process
0: We are not experts, simply two people sharing their experiences of discovering their ADHD in midlife.
1: If you suspect you or someone you know may have ADHD, speaking to a medical professional should be part of your discovery journey. Uh,
0: Nice to see you.
1: Likewise, you've got uh, a kind of combination of of, of bare shoulders and a toque, which means I don't know what the weather's like down there today. (laughs)
0: Neither do I, and I'm here. (laughs) This is Vancouver in the spring is like the wind has fangs and it's angry, but the blossoms are coming out, but then some people are wearing mm-hmm. shorts and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like I'm cold. <laughs> it's a really strange time of year. Like it feels violent. The weather. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, it does. It's just like everything's trying to come into being um, and there's a lot of wind and it, yeah, it's it's a wild time of year here. So yeah, this is a uh, Vancouver spring style, I guess the beanie toque and layers
1: right yeah yeah it was uh it was extremely windy here uh uh monday i think and i can't remember if yesterday was too but monday it definitely was it was it was like lethbridge style (laughs) i remember
0: those angry calgary winds like i would just fly into rages like the wind wasn't enraged (laughs) i was enraged i was was just like stop it (laughs) i used to get so frustrated (laughs) because it would also kick up all this dust and my allergies and Mm -hmm. I was just yeah not fun Um, but I wanted to say sorry because I I listened I don't usually listen to the episodes but I listened last week and I was like oh I was so not present like I wasn't I wasn't hearing you and as well it was doing dishes in the background and you could totally hear it and I was like ah because I was so out of it that day I thought I might have COVID and I was just like Mm. um so I apologize for not being more uh, connected or alert because I was.
1: I didn't notice anything. If you hadn't, I mean, I, I knew that obviously there was the the clatter issue, but that was as you said because you didn't have your uh, your your hearing aids mm-hmm. in. Um, but actually, I'm kind of where where you were. Uh, I am that, that's what I, where I have to go at three is for uh, a rapid test oh. because I was apparently exposed on Monday, uh, oh. and I need to figure out whether I have it because I'm supposed to be teaching tomorrow. So, oh. yeah, let's uh, let's get this fucking figured out. Yeah, I'm
0: so <laughs> I'm 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 grateful for you that you have that option in Alberta. It's harder to get rapid tests in BC; they make it difficult. Um, so, um, fingers crossed, it's not, mm-hmm. and I hope it's.
1: Well the thing that sucks is that, you know, like I'm I, I've gotta pay forty bucks out of pocket, and that's basically once I factor in the gas driving to and from this class, that's the entire amount of money that I'm being paid to teach this oh, class. Boy. So it's like, you know, it's it's a fucking wash at best, and that's hmm. unfortunately where we are is that yes, I can get rapid access to it, but I've gotta pay out of pocket for it, and then it's like, well, I, I i can't do it I, I can't go teach unless i get this thing done because i have to know that i'm clear but then mm. even the process of, of of getting cleared for it is like okay well i'm either gonna break even on teaching or i've just lost money if it turns out that i do have covid and i not only can't teach but i've had to pay for the privilege of finding that out Shit, this sucks.
0: <laughs> i really i it's feel like this should be free tests i just don't understand absolutely that. Of course, um, But, I mean, somebody in our building very generously left a, a COVID testing kit uh, in the lobby, um, which, voila. Um, ah, yeah. So, nice. I have no idea how it works. And, I mean, I'm not going to test because I don't think I have. Maybe we can, I don't know, use it, I guess, at some point. I was I Yeah, just,
1: just, just, hold, just hold it up to the microphone or hold it up to the earpiece and I'll breathe into the mic. <laughs> and, uh <laughs>
0: there we go it's just gonna go up your nose it won't hurt a bit it'll be over for you wriggle your toes (laughs) wriggle your toes
1: what what does the wiggle your toes have to do with it
0: because that helps like it's, it's something a nurse taught me when I was like at the height of my endometriosis pain in my late 20s that when they're about to give you a shot you wriggle your toes and it kind of like it distracts you and then as they're going huh. in the needle, it's not as painful. And that's now become one of the things that I do, especially over the last two years being at home. I wriggle my toes all the time when I'm feeling any any really? kind of like to help me. I'm doing it right now because I've got my Birkenstocks and socks on because I'm a style <laughs> kitten like that. But yeah, um, it's a thing. Like and his auto always makes fun of me now. He's like, there you go. And I do it because it's like it helps me to calm down. It soothes me. So if you feel like, you know, you need to do that, because I did that when I, I've only had one test since the pandemic became began, and it was negative, but mm-hmm. when they did it, they were like, oh, this is going to feel uncomfortable, so I was immediately, like, wriggling my toes and my boots, like, and right. it, it helps, <laughs> it helps to distract you from the discomfort of having something shoved up your sinus cavity. Mm-hmm. Anyway, fingers yeah. crossed for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway um
1: (laughs) yeah you know i've managed to make it almost two years so far without even uh uh yeah i've only only had to get one test so far and that was as a preemptive thing for a job Mm -hmm. um so yeah this is the only time i've had to reactively get one so far which means uh you know i've been doing pretty good
0: yeah you've been super careful though like you've really been not exposing yourself to a lot of people it's not like you're out Mm -hmm. you know in mosh pits or anything (laughs) Like
1: as as much as i wish i was
0: yeah um (laughs) It feels like Alberta's kind of opening up, like, now. It just seems like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure you have thoughts on that. Like, that seems, <laughs> seems like soon. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, I, I I have mixed feelings about even things like, like, uh, teaching. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to be able to do something that I love. And I know that people are eager to um, get these kinds of social activities back into their lives. But I still... I don't know whether it's too early, but, you know, mm-hmm. I know that I need money. <laughs> mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that, that uh, uh, end of the scale is is weighing a little bit more right now. So, yeah. I feel
0: you. Um, and hopefully, like, we'll be getting that funding shortly from SFU. So um, that would mean that I could pay for your portion of that. Um, sooner rather than later right like there's no there's no grant reporting like there is like with the canada council where you have to like show dates and all that it's just like when you get the money because i talked to somebody who got it last year and they were like they actually don't care how you (laughs) how you distribute it uh so you know if you need some of that before we do the event no that
1: that that that, that money's for the event uh uh, that that's not for as much as as much as that's a, a nice offer that's not for me to uh you know Put food in my mouth um and again Mm. it's not it's not like i'm at a point where i'm starving it's just Mm. yeah it it, it's just it's just frustrating to to have to pay out of pocket for this shit yeah yeah I hear ya. I'm sure our, our American friends are listening, like, oh, it's so, oh, I have to pay for a test out of pocket, forty dollars. Oh, it's so hard being a Canadian. Right,
0: and like, that mammogram will be fifteen hundred dollars, please. Like, fuck. Uh, I know. I'm getting one next week, and I'm like, hi. Just gonna go put my mask on and get my free boobs squish doesn't cost me a fucking thing yeah like
1: yeah, yeah no no not only not only is someone squishing your boobs but they're charging you for it I mean, like come on
0: mammograms hurt and don't let I'm anyone sure tell do. you otherwise they fucking hurt um and yeah and it's awkward as ass and depending on who you have you could get somebody <laughs> who's like too compassionate and you're like okay honey just a little bit closer to the glass thing with your boob and then sometimes you get them they're like You're not doing it right. Hold your breath. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. (laughs) It's just like, fuck. It's kind of terrifying because you're not supposed to breathe while they're doing this thing. Yeah. Like x-ray. And it's just like, God, man. Um, So I hope I get one of the kindly it's that is like patient with me. Cause I also, again, my hearing aids won't be ready until next week. So I've been like, I'm flying deaf these days and I have been for a few weeks Mm. and um, I don't hear anything. Like, you know, I'm okay with you and I like this, like I've said before. Sure. Um, It's really hard with Osvaldo unless he's like right there. He talks to me all the time from the kitchen and it may as well be in the building across the street. I can't hear anything. (laughs) Um, So with that, they're going to be like behind me going, okay, don't breathe. And I'm going to be like, what? Oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that, but I'm grateful for the fact that they're staying on top of it because I'm taking menopause therapy. So they kind of have to stay on top of these things. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, I have more good news though. What's uh, that? The job is happening for-
1: Hey! Oh. Congratulations. So
0: starting Monday, uh, March 14th, I will be the staff writer at the adult ADHD clinic in Burnaby. <laughs>
1: Bravo. I'm really
0: excited. I think they're calling me the ADHD writer, which I think is pretty funny. That's like my position. Plus plus coordinator of things. So I'll be helping, you know, tidy up their social media and whatnot. So yeah, I'm really excited. Um
1: That's phenomenal. After two years
0: of looking for something more consistent, this is uh it's really great. And it is I kind of co created this job because because mm-hmm. they were looking at me you know as a somebody they could come in for piecemeal blogs and stuff but they couldn't afford to stop thing and then i realized through the magic of work bc and i don't know if there's other programs across canada or in the united states like this but there are certain provincial funding agencies that will fund a wage subsidy especially if somebody has a disability or is neurodivergent for employers who wouldn't ordinarily be able to hire somebody because they can't afford it so they will pay up to a certain amount of money so that you can bring this person in and hopefully help them to cultivate a new skill um in this case it will be me um learning to decipher medical research because i don't have that training so i'll be learning that which will be nice. really exciting um and i'm really excited because the director the you know he's a well respected doctor who's been around for years specializes in adhd but he's really curious about psychedelic treatments and he's like very like he's very forward thinking he's not old school um so i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be yeah
1: that's awesome congratulations thank you,
0: thank you. i've been so anxious the last two weeks because i'm like why is it taking so long <laughs> like I'm not, i don't believe it's gonna happen until i see the email or i get the call and um yeah so it's nice to know like I'm starting a a new job at the same time that we're moving, and uh, it's just gonna be a chaos for the next little while. But, <laughs> yep. but you know, I'll probably get a little bit of dopamine out of the deal, a little bit, a little mm-hmm. bit excited. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Um. Hey, did you look at that article that I sent you?
1: I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a look at both of them. Uh, uh, so you sent me um, a piece about how. The outdoors can affect people with ADHD. Um, urban environments versus getting a little bit of kind of more more park time, which was something that actually came up with uh, uh, DJ, who I interviewed last mm. night. That episode will be dropping soon too. Um, and and yeah, and then another piece about um, kind of a different way of what's sort of word I'm looking for conceptualizing uh, uh, time blindness. Um, sort of something more about being. Um, ADHD people having rhythms that just are out of sync with uh with the sort of rest of the world Mm. um yeah and so so I gave both of those pieces a read uh which would you like to start with Uh,
0: let's go with the um the one from oh I can't even I thought I had it still open damn it um with uh Jessie's piece that she wrote about rhythms because I really really um oh well neem oil and spraying plants that's not it I have too many. I, guess what? I have too many tabs open. Shocking.
1: I'm saying you got fungus gnats too from the sounds. Uh,
0: of it. yeah, we do have fungus gnats. I've been trying to deal with them for a while.
1: Oh, yeah, I was dealing with that. Uh, when was that? Whenever I brought this bird of paradise home, uh, it like 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 apparently all plants you buy at uh, at Lowe's uh, was infested with fungus gnats.
0: You know what? I think yeah. If you go to like Home Depot or one of those like big box stores, you're pretty much what happened here. Are you still going? Okay, good. Sorry. <laughs> Two ADHD people okay. are trying to find a link while talking about fungus gnats. This is class.
1: Oh, I found the I, link. Well,
0: I, found, I found it on mine too. <laughs> You're on your link. So, so it's rhythm, rhythm analyzing. I hope I'm getting the intonation mm-hmm. right. Rhythm, rhythm analyzing ADHD, a temporal theory. So uh, what are your thoughts here? Cause I really, really, I thought this was so great. Cause I love what Brené Brooks says about like, scheduling yourself around your energy levels not necessarily mm-hmm. around when you think you should be able to do things and this feels like that um really supports that theory what do you what
1: do you mm-hmm. think yeah I, I think it's interesting um now part part of what i'm kind of uh what i was kind of piecing together from the article is that it's it's partly i think a response to um the idea of time blindness and some of the perceived baggage that the author uh sees in that i don't i don't personally have and this is possibly because i haven't i'm not as familiar with the material as the author is but i never felt um a kind of judgment i guess uh uh, coming from the term time blindness Mm -hmm. um i i can i can see ex post facto how it's kind of like okay this is this is conceptualizing as like a disability and blah 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 um but i i thought of it more as kind of like well this this is this is a a model that's useful to me and resonates with me because it it describes my experience um and I didn't necessarily take like a, a judgy end of mm. it um but I can see how other people would have that interpretation um and yeah this is kind of like the the best way I can kind of think of of um what uh uh Jesse is talking about in this piece is it's kind of like um it it's kind of like let let let's pretend that you know everyone most people are on a 24 hours day cycle And let's pretend that you and I are on 23s. So like a lot of the time that's – our general overlap, if our days are only 23 hours long because physics works differently, Mm. you know, like a lot of our days are going to overlap with quote-unquote regular people's days, especially for a while. And then we're going to go completely fucking out of sync for a while and we're going to be – operating on nights until like you know the bulk of our waking hours kind of catch up to this quote unquote normal cycle Mm. and that's that's actually the the, reading that piece was a bit of a comfort to me because um it wasn't so much the idea of time blindness but i've been really um it's hard not to be judgmental at myself lately for my sleep patterns Mm. and and feeling like i'm in these really really fucked up sleep cycles because i am you know often going to bed at like three or four or five and sleeping till noon. I haven't been able to do the streams that I was planning to do. Uh, I'm I'm tr- planning to do those seven to eleven most mornings, mm-hmm. and I just I just haven't been awake or I've been busy during those hours. Um, you know, and and I'm trying I'm trying not to feel judgy about that. And this actually this actually dovetails back to a conversation we had way 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 at the start of the podcast about um you know consistency mm. and and about us trying to to worry about like let's make sure we file a thing every week and again it's like this is this is a podcast by adhd people for adhd people and we're worrying about slating ourselves into this kind of neurotypical model and so i'm really yeah reading that piece was really helpful um again not not with the time blindness stuff but with like just not just, just kind of being more accepting about like yeah i am keeping fucking weird hours right now mm-hmm. and like I don't like it's 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 different, um, but you know stuff is getting done, um, so I'm trying I'm trying not to be as judgy about it. I guess it's mm. a long way to say the same thing four times over and <laughs> no, over.
0: No, but I like that you're being a <laughs> bit more gentle with yourself. I think that's really important. Um, and like for me, when even from the beginning, I found that term to be quite ableist. Um, mm. So I've always kind of like shied away from it a little bit um, in the sense that. Um, it did feel like a judgmental term, but I, I know that you're not perceiving it like that. But I, I kind of get that from, you know, from what I've read so far of, of Jesse's work is that they they are quite punk rock. And a lot of the things like they don't they don't necessarily groove with the status quo or the traditional ways of looking at things, so be it capitalist work models or or what have you. Um, so for me, what really what really got me was like the idea of a rhythm that we have these Mm. rhythms and like i have these like moments of like intense flow where i'm just like you know i want to create and i want to write and i'm like i want to be around people and it's all good and then i have moments where i go too far shut down like what you were saying and then i'm i can't cope like i don't stay up late anymore i can't i just don't have the energy i'm like done by (laughs) nine o'clock these days but um I do have these moments of like, yes. And so then people think of me as somebody who's capable of that all the time, but I'm not like I can go right. hard, um, especially if I'm deeply passionate or engaged in something like this happened a good pitch, like at the beginning of like it was like a close to a three month contract for the first two and a half months, I was on fire, like Calling all the people, doing all the things, writing all the things. This is so great. I'm doing the social justice. Yeah, fucking documentary corporation, all these great people. And then, like, the week <laughs> before the event, I fucking crashed. Like, I was so tired and I had taken on too much and I was being too stimulated by too many people. Too many demands were suddenly being placed upon me because they perceived me as somebody highly capable that could do all that stuff. And I could right. when I was in the zone. But when I was out of the zone, like, the night before the event, This was, you know, before they changed things. I'm glad to hear that they've done this. They decided to have this kind of dinner for the filmmakers, but it went too late into the night. The day before, Um, our huge event. And so we're moving tables around at like 1230 at night when we had to be up at five to go to this event. And physically, I wasn't capable of doing that at my advanced stage. But even if that wasn't the case, (laughs) um, it was too much. And so it's not that I, I lacked a capacity of time even at that point. It was just that my rhythms were not in in flow or whatever but um mm-hmm. yeah i don't i definitely feel like and i'm sure you, i don't know maybe you felt this way too like when you're really connected and things are really you know you're working on some music or something i really enjoy it's like time is just there it's just like you're so in the present moment you're not thinking about the past or the future you're just there and that's mm-hmm. what i feel like she was kind of pointing to as well was like these rhythms that we have um and how like the nine to five culture doesn't accommodate for that. It's like you're expected to produce, 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 produce and then you're just supposed to stop at the end of the day. Like if I'm in the zone, I'll go until I can go no more and then I I'm done <laughs> for however long it takes my brain to recover and my body. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really I really liked that. That idea that Timeliness is not necessarily and we've talked about this many times i think on the show is that we're both chronically early because we have this deep fear of being late mm-hmm. so like we'll show up like half an hour before the restaurant opens
1: or like show up at somebody or say both log on seven minutes before we're actually supposed to start this <laughs> like ball, we did today well you're already there i
0: was like oh yeah great okay jordan's on the ball great good am i late <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> and we had already been texting and the time's wrong and everything um but, yeah, I feel like it is very much like a rhythm thing, like, and I wish more people could feel like the agency to honor that i wish I wish more mm. cultures were more um flexible that way um yeah
1: yeah, i mean don't don't get me wrong. The only reason that I'm able to sit here and not judge myself for this is because I don't have. Someone else that I need to be reporting to at 8 a.m. every day. You know, it would be. I'm sure I would feel very, very different about my weird sleep cycles mm-hmm. if I still had to be, uh, you know, on a Zoom call every morning at time X and and giving uh, uh reports at 3 p.m. every day or whatever. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure I would be a little bit more frustrated mm-hmm. with my inability to fit into the neurotypical world's uh, sleep patterns.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole report. So. <laughs> Yuck.
1: Anyway. <laughs> I was just going to say, I only ended up um, reading that one piece of Jesse's, um, mm. but it sounds like you're a little bit kind of more familiar with their work. Can you tell me like about any other uh, pieces that are interesting to check um,
0: out? I can, nothing's coming out the top of my mind, but I, I do follow them on Twitter and they've, they've, um, along with Devin price have, have like muted a lot of things along with you as well and they they, they don't interact mm. that much but they'll share information and one of the things that i really respect about them too is like they're they understand like that outrage culture is like so addictive to the uh to the neurodivergent brain and so twitter is like can be really awful right so mm. but they you know they say that if you really want to learn something you have to go into a deep dive and so that's why i really like their their um sub and i signed up for it and
1: When Mm -hmm. I can, I'll
0: start throwing some money their way because uh, it's it's really well researched and even from an academic standpoint, but also kind of questions and challenges a lot of the traditional ways of looking at ADHD that um, I think are worth challenging. Um, and you know sort of like the white heteronormative middle-aged dudes that are kind of like the more famous adhd folks and who everyone gravitates to because they're the experts that how maybe some of what they have to say should be challenged especially by queer folks people of color people that are having different experiences um, and are differently resourced um so that's what kind of what draws me to them is that they're not kind of parroting the same you know i'm sure you see this on social too there's there's been this huge uptick of people that are becoming you know that are monetizing or you know however they're doing it and there's no shame in that i want people to earn a living i have no judgment but there is kind of a a certain sort of themes like the way that people are doing it like uh where they they're kind of reinforcing stereotypes a little bit uh and some of yeah. it some of it's accurate some of it i feel and it's on a spectrum i recognize that but i think there is sort of like a cheesy kind of uh marketing kind of angle sometimes and I'll follow account because it seems like they're kind of cool and then like a week later I'm like, could you maybe not? Like <laughs> just start getting my nerves because you know they're trying to sell something. And it's funny because I actually took a, a social class with somebody from my SFU cohort and she said Instagram has like a one percent conversion rate. Why are you like why are you like creating all these videos and like doing all this shit for like maybe one percent click through right like anyway i mean it is fun and i'll keep on slapping music on top of susan sante the squirrel doing her thing but like i'm <laughs> like i'm not gonna like write a script and do a bunch of things for instagram because it's just giving them free shit but god right. i go off anyway yeah that's yeah. my thoughts on uh, them so far yeah
1: that was uh yeah it was a good piece i really enjoyed reading it and um i should definitely uh follow uh uh shit i've forgotten the name already i keep wanting to say Devin now uh jesse um and uh check out more of their work yeah
0: um and their handle I, we can put it in the show notes as well um yeah but yeah sluggish is the name of their Substack, and uh yeah jesse meadows is their full name and it's jesse with an e awesome um but yeah it's good to kind of i'm, I'm finding it refreshing that now that that class is kind of wrapped up for me i'm starting to kind of have more capacity to read things and learn more and um do you mind if i just kind of pause for one second i don't um i just need to open my window because it's blazing hot in here one sec
1: now you're sitting right there in a sunbeam i
0: am it's actually really nice to see but this place just gets cooking hot even when it's like 10 degrees outside this place gets so hot <laughs> if the windows aren't so as well as sorry everybody who was listening last week he didn't realize he was making so much noise and i didn't hear him so um <laughs> next time i'll know and that's why i wanted to make sure he was gone before we started recording, and also in the new place, <laughs> I'm gonna have my own room. hmm
1: Um.
0: Yeah.
1: Have any pl- Any plans for decorating? Uh,
0: I don't know. I have a lot of plants now. Like we, we moved in nice. with one, and we now I now have twenty. <laughs> um, and that's not even including the balcony. There's like.
1: Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah.
0: So, definitely became a <laughs> pandemic person. Not pandemic person. A plant. A plant person. During the pandemic yeah um it's weird like i've got i've changed the view on our screen so that i'm like underneath and you're at the top because usually i do speaker Mm. view and so i'm seeing Mm -hmm. myself more and it's freaking me out a little bit but it's kind of (laughs) like hey i'm trying to be more um present on zoom i feel like if i don't see myself it's sometimes it's a good thing but then sometimes it's bad so anyway Mm.
1: that's well, I've got you uh, I've got you pinned. I got I've got you pinned and I'm up at the top on my end, which is kind of my my default. Mm. But um, I think maybe talking about plants is a good way to segue into this other piece mm. um, if you want to kind of uh, give, give give a capsule version of that. One.
0: Yeah, so um, there were some researchers at UBC who have done like a, a multi-year study on uh, kids that grow up. Um, around um, natural areas, around parks, lots of green space, and kids that don't. And apparently kids that don't have access to green spaces are um i don't have the article in front of me but they're they're um we'll probably have to drop some stats here so we're not like spreading disinformation
1: it's okay I've, 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 well we're, we're not spreading disinformation we're just spreading non-specific
0: <laughs> okay we're just being That's
1: fine that's just fine
0: um anyway so they've <laughs> discovered that kids that don't have access to clean air and green spaces growing up are much more likely to develop adhd um mm-hmm. and i think that's so interesting um and I'll go into kind of, like, my own upbringing and, like, maybe where some of those areas are in a bit, um, but I, what kind of irked me a little bit is that one of the articles, I think the one on CTV, said it had nothing to do with noise, and I disagree with that. I think kids mm, that grow mm. up in louder environments are probably much more likely to have ADHD, um, but I'm not the study maker or study mm-hmm. head or, you know, switches, um,
1: so well, uh, uh, again, I, I have no idea, but um, what I can tell you is that oh. for a very, very long time, I believed that my sleep problems were in part because uh, my parents were very, very fastidious about making sure the house was quiet when I was sleeping, and I never kind of got used to sleeping around noise. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I, I grew up in the city. I mean, Calgary's not like NYC or anything, but like pretty noisy, mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 but um there were there were pains taken to to make sure that my environment wasn't like inordinately loud Mm -hmm. and i still ended up with this shit
0: (laughs) Mm. like you know i've I've talked about this before that my theory is i pretty much like i was on my way out of the womb when like things started going sideways for me because that whole like injection from that asshole nurse but that's a whole other story however growing up as a kid like okay so we went i like my Right earliest memories are in London, Ontario, on the north side of the city, which is like lots of parks, lots of trees, very beautiful, Um, and then moved to a farm. So that would be like lots of green space there, Uh, lots of loam, dirt, manure, like all the the things, right, (laughs) and then lived in northern Ontario, but then lived in Mississauga for a while in a quite urban area, Um, cars and not a lot of trees, Um, and then back to London, East London, not a lot of trees, um back to toronto and then to calgary and like kind of all over the place so i think like in terms of my own growing up see this is why i think the study is a little bit like odd because i feel like i had access to green spaces um and and yet still right um
1: well i mean they're 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 trying to it's it's never going to be a kind of like one switch mm -hmm. right it's always going to be like a kind of a combination of things and maybe maybe for someone who say um uh if 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 let's say there's like 7 of your 8 great grandparents i'm trying to do this math here is that right yeah let's say 7 of your 8 great grandparents were neurotypical and and one wasn't um you know maybe maybe people coming down that family have a lower likelihood um, than someone who, say, seven of eight great-grandparents in the family's lineage were neurodivergent. Like, that the, the, that person with seven out of eight great-grandparents, even if they're raised in, like, you know, um, uh, a, a perfectly quiet uh, natural environment or whatever, that person is still pretty likely to end up with ADHD in my armchair geneticist's <laughs> view. Um, just, just cause you know, like it's, it's there. Whereas maybe the environmental factors are less so for, um, or, or sorry, excuse me. Maybe the environmental factors are more of a factor for people who, um, weren't as predisposed mm. but again this is all like at best uh, a fucking comic book understanding of mm. how of how medicine and genealogy right. works so <laughs> um, and i
0: think that there is like a larger piece for me as well like everybody should have access to green space like everybody should have mm-hmm. access to the natural world that makes the most sense for them culturally and whatnot like um and and yeah i feel like that's something that a lot of cities have forgotten and certain you know even here in vancouver like if you go to like where we where we are now on the west side is like Hosh as fuck. Like, there's so many parks in this area. Like, it's mm-hmm. embarrassing.
1: Very dense with trees along the sidewalks. Oh, and there's and
0: beautiful big trees and like used mm-hmm. tree just over here, cherry blossoms like out the asshole. Like, there, it's just gorgeous, right? Um, but you go to parts of East Vancouver and there's like hardly any trees. There's like this little patch of grass with one picnic table and that's considered a park. Like, there's very much like uh, distribution of health. And they, there was another study that I'll have to dig up that the life expectancy of people on the west side of vancouver was like years more than people that live say for Mm. example on the downtown east side or in other parts of East vancouver where the temperatures soar in the summer and there's not enough trees and like uh access to clean air there's a lot of pollution coming from the trucks going to the port and whatnot so i feel like yeah like if you're if you're not even given a chance out of the gate like it's it's just so unfair to me, and like that like that's my justice sensitivity coming to this to surface here because I feel like kids, um, every kid should be able to to be able to play in a park and run around without mm-hmm. having to worry about getting hit by a transport truck or you know like um, be able to clean have, breathe clean air, have clean water. Like every kid everywhere in the world should have access to that shit, and that the fact that that doesn't exist is infuriating, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh here in Canada we have an awful, awful history that is ongoing of like not having enough clean water on our on the reserves of um indigenous folks. So it's just like fuck's sake, and I would never say our indigenous folks if that sounded like that. No, I didn't say that. So just like that's no. Anyway, um Yeah. You don't always
1: have to uh uh fight an imaginary critic.
0: <laughs> but that like that's is such an awful thing to say because it sounds like ownership.
1: But but the but but the but the point is you didn't say it. You're 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 preemptively defending yourself from an attack that hopefully wasn't going to be made in the first place, and if it was, was being made in bad faith.
0: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's so weird that way. Um,
1: no, you're, you're. That's actually in my experience, that's very very typical for people that are kind of um, justice sensitive, shall we say, mm-hmm. to kind of like, oh God, what if I say the wrong thing? And and you're you're so worried about hurting someone that you don't want to, but that often like. Yeah, I, I, I find myself doing the same thing. I kind of like preemptively get my hackles up over something that's probably not going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's also, you know, getting so many negative messages over your life, right? Of just saying Absolutely. the wrong thing, being too excited, being too much, you know, whatever. Going off before you have all the information as also reminds me, I make <laughs> assumptions partly because I'm deaf. And so I've been spending a lot of time just making up stories to fill in the blanks. <laughs> and that's not good. Right. So instead of just asking for clarity, but sometimes I ask for clarity. And even with my partner, he gets frustrated and doesn't want to repeat it because he's tired at the end of the day. So then I just make up a yeah. story. And then that story is usually wrong.
1: Well, I don't want to get completely away from this article we were discussing, but right. um, it sounds it sounds like you're going to enjoy listening to uh, last night's conversation. Um, mm. So uh, uh, DJ and I we talked about uh, something called nonviolent communication. Are you familiar with that? I've at heard
0: all? of that. I think it's amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I this was new to me until he introduced it when we went out for dinner about I don't know a week or two ago I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but it was uh, it was really really interesting. Lots to kind of take in there, and and lots of kind of what what we're talking about now. I feel like. Of, of you know um going in with assumptions and 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 mm-hmm. you know our own kind of prejudices and and trying to um predict the future instead of like just entering into an interaction and seeing how it plays out on its own
0: yeah it's trying to feel safe right yeah um, mm-hmm. and I know that that's you know partly the trauma background that I have like in the you know, physical stuff when i was a kid and all the bouncing around and whatever and so i'm always trying to like secure some some safety uh yeah um and the nonviolent i, I remember that there was a guy with puppets yes marshall say,
1: rosenberg
0: that's
1: um, the guy yeah i i yeah I, I was looking through the wikipedia and there's this picture of him just looking absolutely fantastic in this like primo 80s athletic wear uh uh Reebok track suit he's got the Nikes on and and then he has little Jackal and giraffe puppets it's uh it's a very funny picture
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I should go back and because I remember in 2013 I think I read that book or started, you know went down his like YouTube channel mm. um but it's been a while but I, I feel like I could probably use some more of that i'm looking forward to hearing that episode that's going to be sound kind of cool because it'll be the first time that um jordan and a guest that he had has known are going to just have that conversation uh together and mm-hmm. I, i'm really looking forward to hearing that yeah. too yeah
1: i called it i called it boys club so
0: a sausage party <laughs>
1: i didn't call it that but uh, that's another option um but yeah getting back to that piece we were talking about here um a note that i made uh to discuss that you actually ended up bringing up in the course of talking about that was the point about heat and trees um and you know you guys of course had those horrible heat waves there in the summer and a lot of people passed away and that is something that um i've seen brought up uh, uh in urban design contexts um about not just vancouver but of course other cities as well new york toronto um is that you know often the uh posher as you said neighborhoods are the ones that end up with more not only parks and things like that but more also just like sidewalk level kind of tree and plant coverage um you go you walk around like a a, a tuxedo um you know not not even like a super fancy neighborhood by by modern day standards but the fact that you've got all those gorgeous tree lined streets all over the place there like it's it it makes so much of a difference in terms of like walk walking down the street there versus like walking on the street in my neighborhood here, Mackenzie, which is a very nice and walkable neighborhood, but like it doesn't have literally hundred year old trees towering over like the whole thing, and there's this whole gorgeous canopy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and so that's like sort of getting getting rid of of I guess flora in in the urban environment. Um. There's so many counter arguments to it, not only in terms of of, of human uh, happiness and health, but just in terms of pure aesthetics, like, you know, um, yeah, it's just wild to me that. Something that seems like such an easy win and something that is pretty hard to argue against. Mm-hmm. Like, are we really going to get a bunch of coal rollers uh, uh, being like, Fuck trees! No fucking trees! Don't plant the fucking trees! Like, I don't know if that's going to happen. It, it seems like a pretty easy political win that everybody can get on board with. Like, yeah, you know, trees are nice. Let's get some more of them going here. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I mean, even there, there is political aspects of it even to access to shade... On the downtown east side for example where they put fences up around parks because they didn't want folks like camping there mm. and so people couldn't access the fucking trees in the park and like the hottest part of the city jesus yes. like i mean that that just like you know how i get about city council in vancouver but i was like over the in a, in a rage about that <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah there should like it, it really shouldn't be and like yeah um it shouldn't be the way that it is, um, and I I feel like I have some hope, like what's happening here in Vancouver for um, people that there will be more shade options, and I and I see the city trying to prepare properly for the um, possible eventuality of another heat dome, because I mean they're cutting all the trees down on the island and in the interior, so I don't know what they fucking think, like when those are gone, like the like. We're screwed, <laughs> um, so I don't want to go too apocalyptic. Things are rough enough out there, but um, <laughs> yeah, I do hope that that uh, there is more proper preparation because it was, it was mostly um, older women that were living on their own that died mm. uh, in the heat dome, and that's really sad, like that they yeah. didn't have access to a place that they could go to cool off. Nobody, then there was a lot of people that English wasn't their first language, so things were not communicated properly. It was people in older buildings where the ventilation is shitty. Um, where they're isolated because they don't know their neighbors because people are too busy looking on their fucking phones to look at their neighbor. Sorry, i got to stop talking like that.
1: Well, in, in fairness, in an apartment building, it is harder than just having your phone in your hand all the time to see your neighbor. We don't have porches.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I one of the things I'm trying to work on is being less judgy about that. Um, but, you know, um, I was actually just talking to one of my neighbors. We know about four neighbors in our building by name. And uh, we were chatting with Mark, and he said, even though he's been here for 15 years, it's hard. There's some people in the building you just can't know. They just don't want to be known, mm. Um, mm. even if you've been here for a long time. So it's not even a transient thing. It's just like some people, just when they're out in public, they don't want to engage. Whether it's because they're
1: human traffickers.
0: Because they're human traffickers, or maybe introverts.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm pretty sure they're they're human traffickers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they're influencers. <laughs> they, they can only talk to people online they don't know how to communicate in person <laughs> uh, they,
1: they, they don't want people following them around because they're going to take all their cool instagram background spots
0: <laughs> oh god anyway yeah so um we will post those those uh articles in the show notes because i think they're both mm-hmm. really interesting um and I'm, I'm glad to see that this kind of stuff is getting studied i'm glad that they're taking it seriously i'm glad that they're understanding the the correlation between environment and and our um Mental development and um, well-being; uh, those things are important. Um, and I don't think I think the jury's still out when it comes to ADHD. Whether it is something that you're born with or whether it's something that um, you can be predisposed to and then gets um, amplified activated, activated by um, certain environments. Like you know, I had a chaotic environment growing up, so of course it makes sense, you know. But had I grown up in this like. I don't know in the, like as as one of the sisters and little women like you know. <laughs> I was
1: gonna say a monastery
0: or, or right like we're like you know everybody's all creative and supportive and hugging and loving and knitting and making things together maybe I would have just been like the you know the artist sister that still married rich anyway I don't know <laughs> we just watched that movie the other day I've never read the book but whatever anyway
1: is that like the newest one
0: it's yeah it's the one directed by uh, yeah. Greta Gerwig yeah yeah. It's
1: got a Bob Odenkirk in it. That was a pleasant surprise. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that guy. Oswaldo's like, he's like, did you know that guy's like all these things? He's like really into him right now, and I'm like, yeah. Like,
1: wow. Has Oswaldo seen Mr. Show?
0: I don't know. Maybe that's the one he's been talking about, where he's a oh, where he's a spy or something. No, 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 no.
1: So, so Mr. Show is is the sketch program that he did with David Cross in the '90s, and it's like that that and early Simpsons were that that early simpsons and the onion pretty much defined my sense of humor oh. um like bob Bob odenkirk is is one of my comedy heroes he's like one of the funniest sketch writers of my to right on saturday night live in the 80s and 90s too Holy
0: shit i didn't know yeah. that wow um see people are so surprising if you give them time and get to know what they're up to it's like instead of you know just scrolling to the next thing
1: well, I'll make sure to put uh, my favorite Mister Show skit in the in the show notes. Yeah. Sorry, I, sh- I should say sketch. There's a a subsection of, of friends of mine that listen to this podcast who steam would be coming out of their ears if they heard heard me refer to a sketch as a skit.
0: Because it's not <laughs> called skit. Because I remember skit back in the day. No.
1: I'm I'm, I'm making a jacking off motion here because uh, I, I for all for all intents and purposes it's the same. It's just you know there, there there's certain people that. Uh, I don't know. I, I I feel like there there there's a uh, uh, this is actually very very serious. Like uh, no, you you're you're not trained enough to have the knowledge. About, it's not a skit. It's not a <laughs> skit. A skit is a skit is an unserious undertaking. This is a sketch. This we are writing sketch. comedy here. It is a sketch.
0: You know what's so funny is when you started making that motion. I thought you were trying to tell me that skit means to masturbate, and I was like, I've been oh right no <laughs> that's no, where my mind no, went. I was just
1: uh i was just saying that it's 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 a in my opinion no offense to anyone that holds that view it's at best a masturbatory distinction
0: okay. yeah i mean semantics or whatever right like it's just like what hill you want to die on today like, is that the one <laughs> yeah I don't know. like and especially when it comes to comedy and like that's exactly. that's it like that's a funny thing right in that and it's of itself to me because I remember, you know, saying skit in drama class in high school and skit was fine. And I'm s- pretty skit, sure skit they is used fine. it s- is fine. That's a hill
1: that I will die on.
0: OK, there you go, Jordan. Go charging up that hill.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like Kate Bush and donkey I rolled s- into one. I was
0: just going to say Kate Bush. You just totally like zzz, right there. Nice. Mind melt. That's really cool. Um, anyway, what else do you want to chat about?
1: Well, gosh, I don't really have a whole heck of a lot. Um, mm-hmm. we just kind of caught up a week ago or whatever that was. And, uh, yeah. yeah, honestly, it's, it's been pretty quiet. Um, I'm just going, going for my COVID testing in about an hour here and crossing my fingers that that's a neg. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, otherwise I don't, I don't actually really have much news. Mm-hmm. Um, did we, was there anything that we should have talked about last week with regards to the SFU stuff that we weren't able to because we had to end early?
0: Um... <clears throat> excuse me, no, but uh, I am going to start putting together I was supposed to do it this week, I'm a little bit well, it's only Wednesday, i have still got time um, I always think by Wednesday if I haven't done things, the week is fucked, but it's Wednesday
1: <laughs> anyway
0: so um, what I would like to do is put together kind of a little bit of an info session about what um, what it might look, look like um, so put together something in an email and I will be distributing that to the SFU cohort and I will check in with them to see if maybe some of our listeners might also like to join in on that. Awesome. Um, so uh, when I get that ready, I will um, either, I don't know how we'll distribute that to people, either in the show notes or maybe in the Patreon page. I'm not, I don't know.
1: Um, Twitter, whatever. Twitter. Yeah, probably, uh, I feel like maybe, um, yeah, maybe you put up a page on the Patreon and then just put it a link on the socials or whatever
0: yeah okay so for those listening who might be interested in something like that i will kind of get my poop in a group to get it together hopefully in the next uh, 48 hours because i am starting my new job which is part-time right. but um part-time 25 hours is not super part-time it's almost full-time uh so i am gonna uh, be a little bit overwhelmed for which is actually kind of good because now we've got not it's not good but we have two episodes recorded so that something can come out this week and maybe in the following week when i'm like pulling my hair out and trying to pack and everything (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so i think that was what i wanted to talk about with that and you know with things opening up uh, we will most likely be able to do an event in person with some speakers and um you know dr prar who i'm going to be working with uh he uh has indicated he'd love to come and speak at the event so that'd be great and then you and i are going to share our stories a little bit and then uh santina had also agreed in principle but she's trying to get settled she's also moving too so Mm -hmm. um, i'll confirm with her once the smoke has kind of or the dust has settled for her yeah i think that's uh all the news Mm -hmm.
1: cool well i uh i don't have anything else Uh, i guess we can just kind of wrap up a little bit early again although we're yeah it was uh I thought that's 45 minutes anyway.
0: I think that's juicy. I mean, it's better that, think so. it's better that we wrap early than just drone on and on just to fill time.
1: <laughs> well, and, and DJ and I were talking for, I think, almost an hour and a half last night. So that'll be a bit of a longer one. So,
0: oh, OK. Yeah. There we go. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. So bye for now, everybody.
1: So after Robbie and I hung up, we realized we still had one more thing to talk about, which was a bit of hilarity that took place on Twitter on International Women's Day.
0: So, yeah, IWD, International Women's Day, which has become just, again, like, same thing with Pride and other big things of, you know, different groups where (laughs) corporate interests just fucking go off on this. And they, like, twist Mm -hmm. it and they make it all weird and gross and unsavory. So yesterday on Twitter, (laughs) what is it called? The pay gap bot.
1: Right. Yeah, pay A gender pay gap. The gender
0: pay gap. but went after the organizations that were putting out this like dribble. <laughs> talking about like there was one in particular and i commented on this because i couldn't fucking believe it it was expedia uk and they were like when you go on your ladies like when your girls holiday and they chose a stock image that was the fucking worst and i don't know if it was an eye stock image but it was like a girl in like a little daisy duke thing with like 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 everything hanging out like frolicking on a beach with her like friend Like, it was supposed to be like, like, you know, the token friend of color. But they were both like, what the fuck? They both looked (laughs) like they were like, oh, my God. It was the worst picture, like, ever. And that's what they're happy women's (laughs) days. God. So, yeah, I was like, I was like in that all day yesterday. Because I was like, (laughs) I don't feel like I'm not going to create any free content for this. You can go fuck yourselves. But I was completely engaged with that. What did you think?
1: Oh, it's hilarious. Um, so so for anyone who didn't see it, what this bot did uh, was it used uh, publicly available data. So in the UK, any company that has more than 250 employees has to publicly uh, report salary data. Um, and so what this bot did was it analyzed uh, the data present on that site. So it kind of had access to a working knowledge of gender pay gaps in uh, various UK companies. And then anytime one of these companies tweeted something about uh, Women's Day, use the hashtag IWD, International Women's Day, whatever, all this bot would do, um, you know, no context and, and implicitly no judgment because all this bot is doing is reporting information. And also it's a bot. It can't judge. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it would do is all it would do is just quote tweet mm. the tweet and say, this company has a gender pay disparity of X percent. And some of them it's like, Four percent, fifteen percent. Some of them, it was like fifty. There was one that was, I think, eighty-one percent pay disparity. Oh, goodness, huh? And oh yeah, sorry. And, and I should and I should uh, double back and say that this uh, uh, site uses um, mean uh, salary data because, or excuse me, not not mean median salary data because mm-hmm. mean averages would really fuck those numbers up because if there was one man at the top making seven billion dollars a year. And then, you know, like that that, that, that skews that uh, uh, in favor of men making a lot more. So mm. while CEOs are still mostly men, and that's also a problem, it's harder to negate that argument uh, the, 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 that, that there is a pay gap that exists when you're using median rather than mean data. So um, but yeah, so, so it's a gender pay gap bot on Twitter. You should check it out. It was a very, very amusing uh, uh, day of just kind of. Yeah, companies companies just kind of like, you know, striding out. I, you know what? It really just makes me think of the Emperor's new clothes and just kind of like they're striding out and they're like IWD dress. And the bot says, that dress doesn't exist. This asshole's naked. That's so good. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing my respect all women dress. And then and then this this goddamn kid in the crowd <laughs> says, hey, this guy's not wearing a dress at all.
0: I love it. <laughs> and with, like with the hashtag of what was it? Break the stigma. I was like, hey, I can't remember. You know, there was it, one of the hashtags, and I saw it trending on on LinkedIn, and I immediately got out of there because LinkedIn these days is just gross. <laughs> but I was just like, are you serious? Like you're you're like you're like how like okay so how I know women are stigmatized in some ways, but I feel like different ethnic groups and like different. Um, ability like disabled groups like there's a lot more stigma there than I don't know I thought that was a really weird I don't know if that was like who started that hashtag I was like I don't I don't vibe on that what the fuck is going on and it was usually and it was always you know like some ceo saying how much his mother inspired him or his sister and you know I have sisters so I you know I support women fuck off (laughs) Like, like, who do you think of as a woman leader in your sector? Why are you not talking about her? Why are you not talking about the employee that, like, saved your ass last week because you're fucking incompetent? Like, give me a break. There she goes that's again. why i
1: simply i simply stay above criticism by uh not thanking women for all the wonderful work they did on international women's day
0: <laughs> <laughs> i was just like not even gonna acknowledge it i was like no this just feels slimy to me this year i'm not and i remember back in the day i actually um did an event with with oxfam we called it roxfam that's what i was working at iStock. and we put mm-hmm. together like a bunch of bands and we did the thing and like a little fundraiser and it was really fun um but yeah uh there, there was just something really sleazy about it and then just when I saw this it was like that is like there it is you're just like laying it there and there was somebody who told a really good story on twitter too about she was a comedy writer and a comedy yes. tv show that she was working on and to find out that she was actually doing an extra job on top of the male writers and still getting something like 300 less a week back a week back then when she was you know just getting started fuck that
1: well, but you finished the story, though.
0: Well, the, okay. How did it go? That Oh, oh, my God. Well, oh, right. Okay. So she, yeah. <laughs> she she decides in her youth and her vigor that she's going to go speak to, you know, the person in charge. who's like the, the
1: 24-year-old showrunner. The, the
0: 24-year-old showrunner who probably got it because his uncle fucked somebody or whatever. I don't know. There's
1: no probably there. <laughs>
0: yeah. So anyway, so she goes into his office and she's like, here, she lays it all out rationally. These are the things I've done. My, my. My jokes are funny. My I don't get hardly any feedback or notes. I'm also doing this this other extra thing that nobody else wants to do. I feel very strongly I'm worthy of getting paid the same amount as my male counterparts. And his response is like, we don't have the budget for this, but we'll g- I'll give you my sperm. Like how, what part of this? Like, cause she's, she's also a queer woman. Right, he's like, I'm gonna give you my sperm because my sperm is worth gold. It's worth millions of dollars here. Like just, saying yep. and she just started laughing because she thought he was kidding, and then he got offended. He took it personally that she didn't want his fucking spunk. Oh my god. Yep.
1: I can't. I can't offer you a pay raise, but what I can offer you is, should you and your partner decide to conceive down the road, I'll, I'll, I'll bust. I'll bust for you. I'll bust in a little medicine cup. You know, I'll do whatever it takes. I would I would do that for you. I would masturbate for you, a member of my staff. Aren't I a good boss? Oh my
0: god. <laughs> so you know, so that story I was just like, oh Jesus Christ. Like uh, some of the shit that people do. Anyway.
1: That that was that was unbelievable. Like I <laughs> I was fully, fully jaw-dropped after reading that one. That was wild. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I hope I, I, hope I articulated it as well because you know my short term memory is not the best. But like, yeah, that one. Was I, just well, like... we'll
1: include it in the notes as always. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure you got at least the broad strokes of it. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah, <laughs> no puns. <Shrokes. laughs>
1: that's a good place to wrap up our little uh, International Women's Day postscript thank you again so much for joining us this week on Holy Shit I Have ADHD if you would like to get uh, all of this plus a little bit more on occasion you can check out our Patreon over at patreon.com slash holy shit I have ADHD and of course uh, you can also uh, check us out review our show if you're an iTunes or a Spotify user you can do that on there that helps out a lot Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah you know tell a friend to tell a friend word of mouth is the biggest thing
0: yes and uh, and, uh, stay tuned for uh for more kind of opportunities to connect uh, hopefully in person if you're in the lower mm-hmm. mainland or um online we're going to be doing more work uh, getting things t- getting folks together you know mm-hmm. um thanks for listening
1: if you enjoyed holy shit i have adhd subscribing to and reviewing it on your podcast platform of choice helps more neurodivergent folks find us as does following and promoting the show on social media
0: A full list of platforms is on our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash holy shit I have ADHD. While you're there, why not leave us a voicemail? You can also share your thoughts on this episode or your own ADHD experiences with us at, you guessed it, holy shit I have ADHD at gmail.com or via our social media pages in the episode notes. Bye for now and hyper focus on the positive.